Welcome back to The People Show. I'm Josh Elliott Wolf. Not have been, always have been Josh Elliott Wolf. Dom Schmatty here with me, Victor Gaucher, intern Sonia as well. Uh, and in a moment, we're going to be joined by Yannick Hansen. But as I said yesterday, uh, I wanted submissions from the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Bye week, no Canucks games until next Tuesday. Got a lot of free time. I want to crank out some movies. So yesterday I watched Shawshank Redemption. For the first time ever. For the ever. first time ever. That's what I'm looking for here. I'm looking for, hey, great movies, renowned, send them in. If I haven't watched them, I might pick it. Or just throw in your favorite movie. Only qualification is it has to be on Netflix, Crave, Disney Plus, or Amazon so that I can find it easily. And uh, if it's there and if I'm interested... I'll watch it. I'll give you a review of Shawshank before the show is over, too. By the way, Clint is our winner for uh, the... Big game prize pack. Big game prize pack from the Clayton Public House. But let's go to our next guest. It is Yannick Hansen. This analyst is brought to you by the Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve... You and we go to the hotline brought to you by Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. The first call, the only call. Thanks for taking the time, Yannick. How are you? Yeah, no problem. I I thought it was Spick. If it's you, I'm just going to hang up then. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I understand completely. Um, But I did want to get into – so Canucks on a bye right now, but wanted to start with the Saturday game. Brock Besser getting the hat trick. He hits 30 goals. Something we've kind of been waiting for, I guess, throughout his career, and he finally gets there. What have you thought of his game this year, and, and has anything changed in, in your eyes? Uh, you know what? Everybody has knows Brock, what he's been dealing with, uh, and you can't uh, underestimate what he has been going through the last couple of years with, with everything around hockey. So he, he's finding himself the player we saw when he just entered the league, um, it obviously helps when things go in for you as well, especially early, like that first game when he scored four goals. Um, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. Uh, hockey hasn't been going as well as he liked, and his name in the rumor mill. So, so again, getting getting back to having fun will go a long way. But but definitely he's uh, he's always been had that ability to shoot the puck. Um, right now, it, it just seems like he doesn't hit those spells where he goes uh, yeah, 5, 10, 12 games without, without scoring. Um, and he's found some consistency this year. Um, obviously, it helps that, that his line mate have been a little bit more consistent. It seems like he's played pretty much every game with, with JT. And, and obviously, the power play is, is a big part of it as well. Um, being out there, being involved, uh, feeling like the next time you, you jump over the boards, you can score. Uh, but, but consistency is, uh, is, is the thing that stands out for me. And one thing we've seen, especially recently with Kuzmenko not on Power Play 1, is is Besser has kind of been featured uh, as more of the net front guy, which we've seen in the past as well. What do you think of that role for him uh, and what that's done for him this year? Yeah, it kind of goes counterproductive, uh, counterproductive to what I just mentioned with him shooting. Um, he, he's never striking me as a net front guy. Um, I do like him when he jumps off onto the goal line and he does those give and go plays kind of thing. But in terms of uh, the prototypical uh, net front screen in your face goalie taking the battles in front of the net, he doesn't really strike me as that guy. That being said, he does seem to have found some success. Obviously, he's part of the power play. 
the power play is functioning. So uh, again, um, right now, the way that the three on the top is setting up right now, I don't think you can push any of those three out of the way. Um, so there's only two spots left. So, so you kind of got to find your niche there. Uh, and he seems to have been able to do that. The other change we've seen on the top power play, I mentioned Kuzmenko coming coming off of it, but Pew Suter has been there for the last few games. What have you thought of him? And, and it feels like it just that unit kind of works better when it has a left-handed shot. Like once Horvat left, it kind of felt like they wanted a left-hander in the bumper with Anthony Beauvillier there. Um, what have you thought of Pew Suter on the top power play unit? Yeah, he's definitely been fighting the back of the net, scoring some some timely, important goals. Um, again, it's one of those role players who 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 can fill in just about everywhere and anywhere. Um, it, it's great to have those guys. Obviously, he's a center, um, so so in case you need help on the draws, uh, a little more uh, defensive mind if something goes wrong the other way. Centers are nice to have, um, but but yeah, he's uh, he he's slid right into that spot and, and seemed to have gelled a little bit. Um, again, it's one thing to do it for a couple of games. You, you need to, to do it consistently. And, and that bumper spot is, is no easy spot. Uh, you, you're, you're supporting everybody. You're all over the ice. And if you're not in the right spot, the pucks get thrown 200 feet down your own end. So it's uh, sometimes a, a thankless job, especially if you don't get the puck set into you for shots. Uh, but again, if you can work in there, uh, work in that traffic, it, it bodes well for you. And it, it seems to, because I, I mentioned kind of the left-hander in the bumper, it seems to allow Miller to be more of the distributor. And it, that to me, that's kind of when it feels like the power play is operating at its fullest potential is when Miller has more of the puck. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think it, it helps in that case? Yeah, because you have three shooters. Uh, you have Quinn, you have uh, Pierce, and and then you have Petey on the back side. Uh, and then in theory, they, they like playing that uh, short tip, hard shot into to Brock as well. So it gives JT four legitimate options, depending on where he are, where he's going, and you can't cover that. Uh, you can cover you can cover two, potentially three. Um, uh, ways of getting scored on as a penalty killer, but you can't cover four. So, so when JT does get the puck and and he's coming down towards the net, now what is he going to do? Is he going to throw the backhand back to Quinn Hughes for a one timer? Is he going to slide it through to Petey for a one timer? Is he going to bump it in short to a Suter for a one timer? Or is he going to hit Brock on the backside for one of those small tip in slide slash into the net? And you got to pick your poison there as a penalty killer. And you're you don't have eyes in the back of your head, so you don't really know who's the most open. You're just kind of fencing with your stick, trying to take away, make it look like all the, the, the passing lanes are taken. But again, obviously, JC is a phenomenal player, so you give him just a little bit of time, and that's where he'll find the open guy. So uh, I, I definitely like the extra added option there with him in there. Uh, and again, they, hopefully they can make it work and, and bring the power play back to, to where we've seen it being able to execute. It is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf joined by Anna Kansen. So the team as a whole, uh, last couple games, had to overcome a couple third period deficits last week, which it, it's not something we've really seen them do this season, mainly because they haven't had to do it. How important is it for a team to have dealt with all these types of game situations as they head into the playoffs? Yeah, it's confidence. Uh, playoffs is a different animal, and you're going to have to win almost 
every way except the easy way. Um, so you're going to have the comebacks. You're going to have the the one where you're fighting tooth nails. Uh, you're going to have the ones that goes into overtime. You're going to have all of these different scenarios. And if you don't have something in the back of your head to rely on, hey, we, we just did that. We know how to do it. We can do it. We know what it feels like. We're down two goals, but, but, but we can we can sense it on the bench right now. We're we're pushing, scoring chances are there. We get one, we're for sure going to get the other one too. So you got to have some of these things to kind of uh, pull out of your backpack and, and for the memory bank and thinking, okay, we, we just did it. We can do it again. We, we know what, it, what it's like to, to be in this scenario. So uh, again, winning in a lot of different ways. Uh, a lot of different way in, in terms of playing against different teams too is important because you never know who you run into in, in the playoff and is it an Islanders team that's really defensively or is it an Edmonton team that tend to be a little bit more offensively we, we have to be able to play any kind of scenario obviously you like to play on your own premises uh, initially but but nobody's going to be able to do that so, so you got to be able to adapt and not just adapt to the type of team you're playing against, but but also the style of game you're playing in. And again, here it doesn't matter what type of team you're playing against. You got to be able to to find a way to to will out wins, if you will. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So obviously, it came against the Blue Jackets, a team that isn't necessarily like they're not going to be competing for the playoffs. They're not a great team. Does that matter, or is it just like a hey, we did this, we know we can do it, and it doesn't really matter what team it came against? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter whether it's. Uh, yeah, an Eastern uh, Conference team or a Western, because like once you pull back on that one, it's hey, it, this is the style of game we were in. We were down uh, early. We were down going into the third. Whatever it is, you you need to be able to to draw on something and have them felt that success. It's no different than when we start talking about hey, this team got to play the right way in order to win. Well, they got to win in order to play the right way. Like they, these things kind of have to happen. They have to come. And when they come, you just like kind of take them and like you put that in the in the back and say, hey, we we did this, and and now we can draw from this uh, if we need it a couple of months from now. One thing that we've seen in the past couple of games as well is the return of the Mikheyev Pedersen Kuzmenko line, and it hasn't been especially great. But uh, a lot of Canucks fans looking at Ilya Mikheyev as well as Andre Kuzmenko, and we kind of know all about that, but looking at Mikheyev and, and maybe a little disappointed in his production at the moment, is he someone that you want to see more of if he's going to be – like he kind of has to be a feature in your top six. Do you need to see more production from him? I prefer him uh, on on a third line, but that third line is obviously playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's that guy that can roll in and play on that line. But but the the the, the trade line deadline has been mentioned so much, and and that's why that's why we need a top six winger. We can't have these question marks. Um, you remove Petey from uh, JT and Besser. Now you have potentially a question mark up there. But but one guy can kind of slid in and out of there somebody who's hot, somebody who's going. We've seen it work out throughout the season. Uh, but having two question marks on, on PD's wings, uh, that that's not something you can go into the playoffs with. Uh, you, you need somebody who's anchored there, solidified. And then is Kuzmenko playing well? Fine, let him play. If he isn't, hey, give Mikheyev a chance. Oh, Mikheyev didn't do it work either. Let's see what, what Herglander can do. Um, and then we can kind of rotate through these guys and, and hopefully somebody will, will, will gel with, with said other two players and, and make it happen. But again, hoping that two players will turn out to be your, your top six wingers um, on one of your, with one of your most important players, that that's, 
that's a lot of hopes and, and wishes. Uh, and that's where this uh, this player that, that we're hoping will land in, in Vancouver at some point comes in and fill this uh, ginormous void that seems to be uh, lingering around right now. Yeah, you mentioned Hoaglander, and we, we've seen him get shots in the top six, but it hasn't really been for crazy extended runs. Do you think that he should be getting more of a run in the top six, or is the, his current role, like he's he's owning his current role, right? And Rick Tockett has kind of talked about that and how he, he just wants him to own that. But would you like to see him get some more time, maybe with a Pedersen? No, no, because consistency is what's hurt Hoaglander in the past, um, and I don't want to rely on that. That's where when he's hot, when he's going, throw him in there. Let him play. Uh, let him play 18, 20 minutes. See what he does. Uh, does it work? Does he produce? Keep him there for another game. It doesn't work. Back in his usual spot and, and then let him let him work his way there because he's better than most. He's better than almost all the other fourth liners uh, around. He has tenacity. He has skill. He has finish. He's proven he can score at this level level so if he's playing on your fourth line which is where he is now if he's not in the top six that third line is set that then you have a player that you can kind of hope on rely on to tilt the ice in the right direction with somewhat limited minutes but then yeah like out of necessity sometimes you you're pulling him up and filling in um uh, and then again, that then then you hope that that he can run with it. And if it's for two games, great. If it's for three, even better. But but if it doesn't work, that's where you have this clutter of middle six wingers that you've accumulated over the last little bit here, last couple of years. That hopefully hopefully one of these guys will will own it and take it and and then hold on to it for for a little bit longer and, and then form a, a threesome instead of a a twosome that that then need somebody to come in and and work with them. With the trade deadline coming up, Niels Hoaglander's name has come up as just a guy like he's in the bottom six and he's young, he's performing well. Maybe he could be a piece that you move as part of a, a an upgrade somewhere else. Do you think that would make sense for the team? Or, or is he maybe more valuable than maybe another player based on how much he gets paid and, and his role in the bottom six right now? The, the only way I'm moving him is if it's from my top six winger. Uh, and not just uh, another middle six winger. A legitimate player that, without question, when you put his name on the roster, you're like, this is this is my this is my best winger. JT and and PD are probably the best forwards on 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 the team. But this guy we're bringing in, he he's the best he's the best winger. He's hopefully better than Brock. Um, that that's kind of the player I'm hoping, wishing for that they will bring in. And if that's the case then I'm okay letting a young, skilled guy that are finding finally finding his way um, go if that's the guy we were, we're able to bring in. Um, but outside of that scenario, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. I, I don't want to give him up for uh, another depth defenseman in order to, to, uh, to, to fill that void. No, then, then I think he's too valuable for that. So unless I said it, it's, it's a player who comes in and has the the merits, the the history, the track record to to prove that hey he he's gotten this done. Whether or not that player will get it done, we don't know. We can hope, but but again, you're 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 maximizing your options if you're bringing in a proven player, what somebody who's produced, and not uh, like I said, yeah, hoping something will turn out. And in that case, then I'm okay with it. In that case. I'm okay with first-round draft pick as well because you need this player to come in and push this team over the top. They're hovering 
right where you want them. Uh, home ice all the way through. Um, avoid Edmonton Vegas in the first round. Uh, dip into the um, to the wild card game and and get a on paper easier first round matchup and let the other two beat themselves up and then see see who's alive kind of thing. But but again, you you you'd like another player um, to kind of. So when you you match up against these team, it, it's not like your top six is lacking because if you go Vegas, Colorado, Edmonton right now, and Vancouver, um, yeah, Vancouver is, is sitting in a very nice spot right now. But but that top six, um, uh, I pick the other teams because of the depth there are behind their top two three guys. There are there are other players there that are that are producing and have been producing, and, and that's where. Again, in my in my opinion, they're they're lacking a little bit. Uh, another name that's come out recently in reports, kind of surprising to me, has been Nikita Zadorov. Like, if you're if you're trading him uh, to make cap room to bring in someone else, do you think that makes sense? Like, when I look at that, he he feels like a guy that's uh, maybe invaluable in the playoffs. Big body. He's he's been good in Vancouver. Do you think he's a guy you would rather keep than than explore moving? Yeah, for this playoff, playoff, I'd rather keep them. Keep him. Obviously, you don't know what's coming the other way. Uh, like when we traded for him, I was kind of hoping you trade for a little bit better defenseman. He, don't get me wrong; he, he fills a, a spot and he's right in that mix uh, with the bottom four defensemen. But I'd hope they brought in somebody who's uh, a legitimate number three who can play behind Horonic and uh, and Quinn Hughes and anchor an, another D pairing, uh, which. Uh, I, I don't think Sidorov can anchor a D pairing. He works well with others and, and f- fills a void, another body. Um, he does have some intangibles that you'd like, but but again, if you're moving him out and then you're bringing the other guy in, like should it have happened at another point? Uh, now it's a lot of lot of ifs as well. Like I said, he, he has a lot of things you like in a playoff, like and he can he can hit very heavy. Uh, he only needs to hit the right guy heavy once before uh, uh, the other lineup starts. To, uh, okay, that's not fun anymore, and and uh, are we a little bit hurt right now? And and that can that can tilt the series your way. What if the guy was Chris Tanev? Like if you if that's you're moving Zadorov in a trade to bring in and make room for someone like Chris Tanev? <laughs> yeah, now now we're arm chairing GMing here. Um, it's well, why didn't they bring him in in the first place? Price all these things. Uh, like, like I said, I would have preferred Tanev over him uh, initially, uh, just because of better defenseman, uh, proven. Uh, we know what he can do, what he can bring. Um, again, it's a lot of ifs. Uh, if you can swap swap them straight over, I'll take it in a heartbeat. But but uh, what's Chris gonna gonna cost on top of Sidorov? Um, again, that's probably why they they didn't get him in the first round uh, or first time around. Um, so, so we don't know what the prices are, but but there's no question uh, you take one player over the other. Uh, so a lot of turnover in the past year for the Canucks. And one year ago today, it's the the anniversary of the Bo Horvat trade. Did you think it would work out this well for the Canucks once they moved on from from Bo one year ago today? Well, nobody would have expected them to to uh, swap that pick for a defenseman right away, which happened not too long after, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so no, like there's no chance uh, you, you think that was happened. You're you're looking at the draft already and say, okay, who can we get with this pick? Uh, but again, they turned him into a, a phenomenal number two defenseman who's uh, probably one of the best pairing in the in the league. Uh, it's it's everything you could have hoped for. 
Um, you, you swap. In in theory, you swap your third best center, and I know that that's underselling Bull because he's so much better than that. But on this team, he was the third best center, uh, and you got uh, a legitimate, strong uh, number two center, right-handed defenseman, the right age. You you do that swap in a heartbeat any day, any day. Uh, Yannick, really appreciate you taking the time, as always, and uh, thanks for this. Yeah, my pleasure. There is Yannick Hansen joins the People Show every Tuesday and Connect Central every Friday. Uh, before we go, I did mention, hey, we're uh, this week I'm I'm trying to crank through a bunch of movies. Last night, watched Shawshank Redemption for the first time with my fiance. By the way, uh, I asked her for a rating. She said eight point five out of ten, which is good. That's that's good. That's harsh. I I will say I didn't. It's considered go- one of the best movies of all time. You get an eight point five out of ten. I I would give it a nine point five ten personally. I but I will say I went into it thinking that she wouldn't like it very much. So an eight point five to me was surprising. In a in a you good know what? Way. Not enough Taylor Swift. Well, she said she wanted like she was watching it. She was like, I wanted to cry and I didn't cry. So. I heard there's a Taylor's version coming out. So, <laughs> so yeah, she that'll be a ten out of ten. Uh, tonight. The movie I think I'm going to watch is uh, submitted on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Society of the Snow. That's what I'm going with. Came out this uh, past year on Netflix. I'm going to try that one. And I will uh, report back tomorrow. Appreciate to everyone texting in. 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Everyone listening. Thanks to intern Sonia, Victor Gaucher, and Dom Tramatti producing. I have been Josh Elliott Wolf. This has been The People Show, and I'm still going to be Josh Elliott Wolf after this. This has been The People Show. Uh, We leave you with the Giants Report with Nathan Cantor.